Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the meeting of September 18th, 2014 of the Board of Supervisors Neighborhood Services and Safety Committee. My name is David Campos. I'm the chair of the committee. I am joined today by Supervisor Eric Marr, the vice chair, and we will be joined uh, very shortly by uh, Supervisor Norman Yee, who is uh, a member of the committee. The Clerk of the, oh, we're also joined by Supervisor Scott Weiner. Uh, the clerk of the committee uh, is Derek Evans, and we have covering the meeting for us uh, for SFGTV, Jennifer Lowe. Uh, Mr. Clerk, do we have any announcements? Thank you, Mr. Chair. Please make sure to silence all cell phones and electronic devices. Completed speaker cards and copies of documents to be included in the file should be submitted to the clerk. Thank you very much. Um, today is a uh, I think a very historic day in San Francisco. We have a hearing today to discuss how San Francisco can continue to play the role of being a leader in how we treat uh, AIDS and HIV. Uh, the fact is that the HIV AIDS movement started in San Francisco and as we face uh, the possibilities with this new drug, uh, it makes sense that San Francisco would take the first step uh, in getting to a point where we're almost uh, uh, eradicating HIV infections in San Francisco. Truvada PrEP was approved by the FDA uh, to prevent uh, HIV uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, yet, uh, even though in San Francisco we have made a great deal of progress, in 2013 there were 332 HIV infections Sorry, Mr. Chair, we need to call the first item on. Sorry. Okay, if you can call the first item. Item number one is a hearing on San Francisco's approach to HIV AIDS prevention through implementation of pre-exposure prophylaxis. Thank you. Thank you. And even though we have made a great deal of progress in San Francisco, we still have, in 2013, 332 HIV infections. In the last five years, we've had more than 2,000 individuals who have contracted HIV in San Francisco. PrEP and the use of PrEP will save hundreds of lives. Clinical studies have shown that if used properly, PrEP can eliminate HIV infections by 99%. Multiple international studies have shown that daily use of PrEP works. And when taking daily, PrEP again reduces the risk of HIV infection by more than 90%. Right now, many private insurance companies uh, will cover PrEP, but it is very difficult to navigate the profit process of approving, of getting approval for that coverage. Uh, some people cho uh, choose a cheaper Affordable Care Act plan uh, with a high deductible, which makes the availability really uh, impossible. I am proud of the city's history, and there are many things that our Department of Public Health is doing, working with different uh, nonprofit agencies like Project Inform, the San Francisco AIDS Foundation. But San Francisco must do more. Not only must we do more because it saves lives, but from a financial standpoint, it makes a great deal of sense. For every HIV infection that we prevent, we save $355,000 in treatment. It makes sense for us to make a small investment not only to save lives, but to actually save hundreds of millions of dollars that the city will otherwise have to spend in treatment. 
Because I want to make PrEP available, I want to make it very clear that we will be introducing a budget supplemental on Tuesday at the Board of Supervisors that will create a copay assistance program in San Francisco that will ensure that individuals who want access to PrEP can have it without the exorbitant co-payments that now they have to pay. Additionally, my proposal will establish a set of navigator positions in the community to help, to help people navigate the process to get coverage through insurance, Medi-Cal, Healthy San Francisco, or Gilead, the Manufacturer's Patients Assistance Program. I want to thank Supervisor Weiner for co-sponsoring this hearing today. Uh, I know that my colleagues have some comments to make. I also want to thank Supervisor Weiner for his courage in talking about uh, how this has been an important personal issue for him. The fact is that we have the potential in San Francisco to be the first city, not only in the country, but in the world, to make PrEP accessible. And we know that what happens in San Francisco often leads to other jurisdictions doing it. It's about time. It's not only morally the right thing to do, but financially it makes a lot of sense. I look forward to the presentations, but before we go to the presentations, I want to turn it over to my colleagues. Uh, I know Supervisor Weiner would like to make a few remarks. Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman, and thank you for uh, the work that you and your uh, staff have been doing on this incredibly uh, important issue. Uh, PrEP is one of those uh, things that for, um, for uh, uh, an unacceptably large segment of the community has gone too much under the radar. Um, a lot of people don't, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people don't know about it at all. Um, and there are a lot of people who may have some sense of what it is, but they really, they don't fully understand uh, how beneficial it is and, and the breadth of the community uh, that it can uh, benefit. And uh, we have a responsibility as elected officials working with the community um, to make sure that we are uh, uh, changing that situation. And, and I think it, it, it really boils down to three things. We have to increase awareness uh, around PrEP. Um, there, it's uh, shocking how few people um, are actually uh, on PrEP, uh, given uh, how incredibly beneficial uh, it is, and given uh, how uh, this medication it causes side effects for very, very few uh, people. And so it's really shocking how few people are on it, and I think that's because of a lack of broad public awareness. So anything uh, that we can do to expand awareness, to make sure that people know that PrEP exists, what it is, uh, the dramatic reduction in, uh, in risk of infection uh, that uh, it will provide if you take it uh, uh, daily. Uh, anything that we can do to expand that awareness uh, is going to have uh, positive impacts for our community in terms of our community's health uh, and so forth. And so uh, by having this hearing today, uh, by pushing this issue forward, um, uh, and I know what, that, that my, uh, you know, the reason why I uh, made the decision I did to disclose my own use of PrEP was to help move that conversation forward and to uh, really um, tell people uh, that this is an important prevention measure that they should consider. I think we can uh, raise awareness. But that's not enough. Uh, there is still enormous stigma around PrEP. 
And some of that stig stigma is stigma that we see any time there's a public health measure that addresses sexual health. Um, it's amazing to me that in this day and age, uh, people are, there are still people who are fighting against expanded birth control access because it's somehow going to uh, uh, result in, uh, uh, God forbid, women becoming uh, promiscuous. Um, it is uh, amazing to me that there are people still uh, fighting uh, access to the HPV vaccine uh, for, uh, for young women because it's going to cause them to uh, become promiscuous. And we hear these arguments over and over again any time you have something that is uh, rock-solid proven uh, to keep people healthy, to give people control of their own health and their bodies and their lives. And the argument is absolutely specious. Um, it is, and it's actually, it's a dangerous argument because it's an argument that if we just uh, re deny people access and shame people uh, from using measures that we know will keep them healthy, if we just use enough shame and block access, uh, then they will somehow do what we need, do what we want them to do. Putting aside the fact that uh, you know no one should be doing uh, you know what other people tell them to do, it's not it's none of their business uh, how people are conducting uh, their 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 lives. Putting that aside, um, it, it, there's it, it's completely uh, baseless in terms of the science, in terms of our own experience. If you block people from access to public health measures, people aren't gonna, people are going to still do what they're going to do. That's we're we're all human beings but it means that people are going to be less healthy. It means that we're going to have uh, uh, less, um, uh, less effective uh, prevention in our community. And so PrEP, like birth control, like the HPV vaccine, is a uh, proven uh, uh, measure that will, uh, that will reduce infections uh, and that will benefit our community. And so we have to move away from stigma and shame and stereotyping and really take a, a science-based public health perspective in promoting this in our community. And then finally, we have to expand access. And I agree with Supervisor Campos uh, that it's unacceptable, that PrEP is unattainable for some people. Uh, for people who have uh, top-notch insurance, it is accessible. Uh, for, uh, for people in Medi-Cal, um, you know, fortunately, it is, uh, it is accessible. Uh, but there are an awful lot of people even with, who who have no insurance or who have insurance with high deductibles, high co-pays, and it's not accessible for them. And we need to change that, and the city has a role to play in making that happen. So I look forward to the conversation today, and thank you for all the work that's happened in the community uh, for years uh, around this. Uh, I see in the chamber and elsewhere uh, people who have devoted years and years of their lives to uh, making sure that people know about this important prevention measure. Thank you, Supervisor Weiner. Just a, a quick fact. Uh, in, in the last five years, there were 2,066 San Franciscans that were newly diagnosed with HIV. And even though uh, PrEP has been approved for a couple of years now, fewer than 3,000 people were prescribed uh, PrEP nationwide in 2012 and 2013, and fewer than 1,000 of these uh, prescriptions were made in San Francisco. Supervisor Mark. Thank you, Chair Campos. I wanted to thank you especially for championing this issue and breaking homophobic stereotypes and the stigma that's attached to it. And thank Brian Basinger from the 
AIDS Housing Alliance and um, Tom Temprano and the Harvey Milk LGBT Democratic Club and the movement that's been really trying to ensure that as we talk about Vision Zero for traffic deaths, that we also talk about Vision Zero for getting to zero in San Francisco of HIV infections, um, HIV-associated deaths, and also the stigma that's attached to it. I wanted to emphasize what Supervisor Campos mentioned about the cost-effectiveness of programs like this, not only in protecting people's safety, but also it's cost-effective as well from what I understand from our Department of Public Health and the, the savings of $355,000 per infection is, is a tremendous um, cost-benefit to the city as well. I wanted to say, too, that this effort by the Community Coalition and Supervisor Campos is a critical part of our safety net, and my hope is that we look at preventative health care efforts like this in the future as we look at Vision Zero, not just for HIV, but also for other efforts in our city as well. So thank you to Supervisor Campos. Thank you, Supervisor Marr. Supervisor Yee. Thank you, Chair uh, Campos. Uh, I really just want to thank you personally uh, for bringing this to a hearing. Um, it's an issue that um, I'm not as familiar with, and this is what these hearings are for, for uh, people like myself to get educated and make an um, informed decision. As you uh, mentioned, you will be bringing some legislation to us uh, later on to see if we can uh, help fund this. And, and without this hearing, then I would have a lot of questions. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing your comments and getting myself up to speed with this. Um, generally speaking, uh, why I say is a, um, I'm gl uh, glad that you have brought this in front of us is that anytime it's for me, yes, you know, it could be a cost saving, but if it's going to save lives, you know, um, that's where I'm going to weigh in. Thank you very much. Thank you, Supervisor Yi, and uh, as always, I want to thank my colleagues uh, for being uh, always so responsive to the needs of our community, uh, and we look forward to, to the conversation. First, I'd like to call upon uh, Brian Bassinger from the uh, AIDS Housing Alliance, who has been uh, leading on issues in, involving HIV, AIDS for so many years. Brian. Thank you, Supervisors. Brian Bassinger with the AIDS Housing Alliance. Um, Thank you for having this hearing. Um, it's been an, a great journey for myself. I was one of the ones that had initial questions about um, the role of PrEP in um, our community and its um, relative priority. And having thought about it, I've become a believer, and not just a believer, but I'm a big believer in it now. And um, we have the ability to prevent HIV transmissions. Um, and since we have that ability, we have the moral responsibility to do it. We can do it, so we must. Um, and one of the areas that I'm um, particularly excited about is the Department of Public Health has shown that um, the prevalence of HIV in the sexual networks of African-American gay men in the tenderloin is the primary driver of new HIV infections. Um, and so we can take that example to other communities that are especially impacted by HIV, and we can use PrEP to disrupt the new HIV infections um, in really profound ways. Um, and, um, you know, I believe that there's not a lack of money, but there's a lack of imagination in how we take the resources that we have and put them to the best use. Um, and so I, I really support um, the call for a supplemental um, on this. I don't want to 
um, pull from existing HIV services, and also I'm concerned about kind of the um, any kind of political um, conversations that could slow down releasing of these funds and, and protecting lives now. Um, we want to expedite um, these services and get them out into the community. Um, and we also want to make sure that the funds do get released in an expeditious manner. You know, we still have some holdups with the ad back funds being released and hitting the streets, so we don't want this to happen here. Um, and for me personally, um, at the AIDS Housing Alliance, you know, we saw that 20% of homeless people with HIV and AIDS, the first episode of homelessness in their lives was within one year of testing positive. And so by lowering, substantially lowering HIV infections, we actually substantially lower homelessness, um, and that also saves us money. So um, again, thank you all um, for having this hearing, and um, thank you, uh, and I hope that we get these funds out there soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. Another uh, incredible institution that has been at the forefront of this fight is the uh, San Francisco AIDS Foundation, and I'd like to call upon uh, Dr. Robert Grant. Thank you. It's uh, really a happy day today, um, only partly because it's raining. <laughs> the quality of mercy is not strained. It falls from heaven like rain. And, uh, and I think that we, uh, on this rainy day, can think of a time when living in San Francisco does not have to mean being at risk for acquiring HIV. We can love and live together and enjoy our expanding human connections um, free from this deadly disease. Uh, it's particularly a pleasure for me to be here um, because uh, I had opportunity to lead several of the clinical trials that showed that uh, pre-exposure prophylaxis is safe and effective for preventing HIV acquisition. Uh, our study showed that it was safe and effective for gay and bisexual men and transgender women. Other studies showed that safe, uh, PrEP was safe and effective for heterosexual men and women and injection drug users. Taken together, these studies led to FDA approval in 2010, now nearly four years ago, um, excuse me, FDA approval in 2012, now two years ago, and CDC and WHO uh, recommendations for PrEP use uh, issued this year. The CDC estimates that 500,000 people in the United States could benefit from PrEP, yet surveillance in the United States show that as of September 2013, only 2,300 people were currently receiving PrEP. This is an opportunity for us to help end the epidemic, and it's an opportunity that is underutilized. As I ponder what we should do with this new opportunity, I would like to reflect on my 30 years of work in HIV research and care. As a public health graduate student in Berkeley and later a medical student in San Francisco in the 1980s, I was devastated by AIDS deaths in wonderful and beautiful people and my having so little to offer. Yet we stayed with it. Every year we seemed closer to having some way of ending the epidemic, the horror, better diagnostics, better antiretrovirals, combinations of therapies that suppress viral load indefinitely, demonstration that such therapy blocks spread of infection to others, and now PrEP. San Francisco has led the world in implementation of everything that we know can work, including routine HIV testing, use of ultra-sensitive uh, diagnostic tests based on nucleic acids, um, uh, therapy early in the course of infection, 
uh, and structural changes like same-sex marriage that sends a message that everyone's sex, everyone's relationships are valuable to us. We also have led with grassroots initiatives based on clean needles, condoms, seroadaptive behaviors based on HIV testing and disclosure. And yet we need to do more. Uh, San Francisco has made progress in limiting HIV transmission, but in the last four years there's been no substantial decrease in the numbers of HIV diagnoses. We continue to have uh, at least one new HIV diagnosis every day in San Francisco. So we need to do more, and PrEP is an underutilized opportunity. San Francisco-based investigators at UCSF, the Gladstone, and the Department of Public Health played pioneering roles in PrEP research, and yet PrEP remains largely underutilized in our city. Let's just remind ourselves of some of the key findings before getting to the barriers that are holding us back. One key finding is that PrEP works if it's taken. In the IPREC study and the subsequent open-label extension, we saw no one become infected who had drug levels indicating use of daily or near-daily uh, PrEP. We also know from uh, these research studies that people can adhere to PrEP, I would say especially in San Francisco. Albert Liu and his colleagues at the San Francisco Department of Public Health have shown that more than 90% of people in this city who attempt PrEP will achieve highly protective levels of medication in their blood. People can use PrEP effectively. Uh, and I, we just heard from Jonathan Volk and Brad Hare from Kaiser that in their very large PrEP clinic at Kaiser, they've seen no new infections in the first year of their program. So exp this experience, this practical experience, shows how spectacular San Franciscans are and that adherence to PrEP is feasible on a large scale and that HIV infection can become rare in our hometown. We also have shown that PrEP is safe. Uh, we found no evidence of lipodystrophy in our careful studies involving state-of-the-art DEXA scanning. We find that 90% of people starting PrEP have no side effects at all. The other 10% have side effects that are limited to the first few weeks of use. We agree with the CDC's recommendation that the renal effects of PrEP can be readily managed with uh, a blood test for renal function every quarter. I think an important finding from our research is that PrEP is not causing people to have riskier sexual behavior. Some had speculated that PrEP would release a storm of sexuality and more partners and uh, people would stop using condoms. But in fact, we've seen the opposite. PrEP has provided an opportunity to engage with people in a discussion about HIV and other sexually transmitted infections. People using PrEP often become more mindful of their sexual goals. They become more talkative with their partners about their HIV risk and their risk of other STIs. Uh, as people take PrEP in calm moments, they plan for their safety, their long-term safety. Um, and this has been transformative for many. Many who came to us asking for PrEP, um, who were not interested in any sort of ongoing relationship, become interested in relationships as they create a sphere of safety around their sexual practices. So we have a lot of good news. Um, and this is approved, PrEP is approved by the FDA and the CDC and WHO recommend its use. 
and yet there are fewer than 1,000 people using PrEP in San Francisco. Why uh, is it still so limited? Well, I think the most important reason is stigma. Uh, we too frequently package this simple little pill in uh, uh, judgment about people's sexual lives. In fact, PrEP is a responsible choice. It's a way to protect oneself and one's sexual partners and to foster human connection in our communities. Another important barrier is that our healthcare providers have not learned how to provide PrEP. And as a medical educator, a professor of medicine at UCSF, I take some responsibility to, for this. Too many of our talks have been about why consider PrEP. Our doctors are practical people. Our nurses are practical people. They need to know exactly how to do it. And so a, a new educational program oriented toward how to talk about sex, how to talk about sexual practices, how to use PrEP safely is warranted. Another barrier is healthcare coverage. San Francisco has pioneered in this regard, but we find at this time that people's co-payments and deductibles are too high and some assistance is needed to allow people to access PrEP effectively. So how are we doing and what do we need to do? As I said, based on my informal discussions with healthcare providers in San Francisco, I believe that less than 1,000 people, more like 800, are receiving PrEP at this time. How many do we need to receive PrEP? Based on the numbers needed to treat, uh, published this year by Susan Buckbinder and her colleagues, and extrapolating uh, using a simple model, I estimate that we should be giving PrEP to about 6,000 San Franciscans. And if we do that, we might expect the numbers of new infections to drop from currently 400 to less than 50. These are informal calculations. My point is just that we are about six to tenfold off the mark. We need to expand our use of PrEP while continuing to provide early treatment and widespread testing. Who's gonna do this? Well, the San Francisco AIDS Foundation's Magnet Clinic is tooling up to provide PrEP to its clients. We know that people want it, uh, and we think that we can start PrEP in about 1,600 people in the, in the next year by expanding our clinic days from five to six. And we are grateful for all of the support that we've received to make that possible. We also uh, applaud the Kaiser Clinic in San Francisco, which, is at this, which has at this point the largest PrEP clinic in the world giving PrEP to 300 people. Brad Hare and Jonathan Volk have led that effort. We also have PrEP clinics at UCSF, at the VA, uh, the Community Health Center, and the BAYPAC uh, program at San Francisco General, which provides PrEP to couples who desire pregnancy, a very clear and compelling indication. But even if we scale all of this up, we might get to half of our goal. We also need general practitioners, uh, to provide PrEP. We need a PrEP clinic at Ward 86 and in the community health network clinics. In the end, we need everyone walking out of a clinic visit, regardless of so-called risk factors, to have heard about PrEP and to have made a personal decision about whether it's right for them. This is, uh, calls for a massive educational program at the public and provider level. In the end, we look forward to a day when living in San Francisco um, can be enjoyed without uh, substantial risk of HIV. Um, this would be a great day, a great day when mercy falls like rain. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Grant. Uh
want to say, uh, I know that uh, my, uh, my, one of my colleagues has a question, but uh, I, I really uh, want to thank you. It's, it's really uh, an honor for us to have you here, given your expertise uh, and your work here. Uh, so greatly appreciate your presence. Supervisor Yi. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Dr. Grant, for your presentation. It was uh, very informative. The, um, can you, maybe I wasn't listening carefully, but um, when you, at the beginning of your presentation, when you talked about the 300,000, is it? Yes, the CDC it, yeah. uh, has indicated that nationwide, um, up to 500,000 Americans might benefit from the use of PrEP. Many of them are men who have sex with men, but not all. And then, and then you then followed with a, a second number, which was 230,000, or? Well, actually, the latest surveillance was that 2,300 oh. people um, uh, nationwide are receiving PrEP in clinical practice. Now, that's information uh, through September 2013. And we, okay. and we know that demand for PrEP really uh, hit a tipping point in late 2013. And so we're looking forward to surveillance information from 2014, which may show, well, w will show certainly that PrEP use is expanding in the United States, but has a long way to go. Okay. That, that helps a lot because I, I misheard the number and I said, yes. why is the nation doing overall doing better than San Francisco and when indeed San Francisco is actually doing better than the nation as a whole? That's right. That yeah. is correct. Thank you very much. Thank you, Supervisor. Thank you, Dr. Grant. Uh, I, now I'd like to uh, call upon Dr. Susan Phillips of our Department of Public Health and I want to begin by thanking our Department of Public Health for all the incredible work that they have been doing uh, on this issue. Uh, and uh, uh, they have been a very important partner as we have been working on this. Uh, and uh, so with that, Dr. Phillips. Thank you very much. Good morning, and thank you for the opportunity to speak with you today. Um, I am a deputy health officer. My name is Susan Phillip. I'm a deputy health officer for San Francisco. I'm also the director of the disease prevention and control branch for the population health division of the San Francisco Department of Public Health. I'm also an infectious diseases physician, and I have been a HIV primary care provider since 2002 in San Francisco. So I, I'm very happy to be able to talk with you and to let um, you and everyone throughout the city know that the San Francisco Department of Public Health fully supports PrEP as an effective HIV prevention strategy in San Francisco. And to also further let you know that unparalleled across the, the nation and departments of public health, the San Francisco DPH has leading experts in HIV prevention, treatment, research, and epidemiology, many of whom also have longstanding um, experience in PrEP. And all of us together are providing leadership for the city, and many of those experts are also providing national leadership, as Dr. Grant mentioned. The public health department provides PrEP to its patients, and it's very much committed to removing access barriers to all San Franciscans at risk for HIV in our city. And as we heard from Dr. Grant, San Francisco as a city has had long expertise and experience with PrEP and many strengths to build upon. 
So the IPREX study, which was led by uh, Dr. Grant, um, was a groundbreaking multinational study and the first to show that PrEP was effective at reducing HIV infections in MSM and in uh, trans females. And critically important, not only globally, uh, clearly to have this result, but very much so in San Francisco, since these are the populations that continue to be at highest risk. So again, global research that is and can be applied directly to benefit the health of San Francisco. Furthermore, the San Francisco Department of Health hosted the first United States-based research site for IPREX and enrolled more participants than any other U.S. site. So San Francisco community members and San Francisco research <coughs> has had, researchers have had a long commitment since the very beginning to establish that PrEP was an effective and safe HIV prevention intervention. Furthermore, that leadership has continued. Um, after the success of IPREX and multiple other studies, the question then remained, how do we translate this effective intervention PrEP that has been shown and demonstrated in research studies into the real world so that people can actually access it and into settings that are not purely research-based, such as very busy STD clinics? So the SFDPH was um, uh, selected by the National Institutes of Health to conduct the first demonstration project of how to deliver PrEP in the United States. And this was done at San Francisco City Clinic, um, as well as um, at other sister clinics in uh, Miami and in Washington, D.C. San Francisco City Clinic enrolled 300 of the 500 total participants in this demonstration project. And what we have learned from that really will help inform how we provide PrEP to all San Franciscans. Some of the things that have been learned are namely that there is a high demand. There was demand for PrEP um, as proven by the demonstration project by being able to enroll 300 participants and having a consistent level of interest and demand once people knew that PrEP was available in San Francisco. We also learned, as Dr. Grant mentioned, that people who were participating in the demonstration project were able and willing to take PrEP in a way that offered a protection and, and levels of drug that were consistent with protection. So 92% of participants had detectable drug levels um, within San Francisco um, in the initial analysis and further analysis are to come. But again, dispelling this idea that people um, are not able to or not willing to take PrEP in order to have effective protection. So if we look at where San Francisco is, um, there's a lot of areas for hope and a lot of potential to have PrEP build upon that hope that we have. So when we look at the continuum of HIV care and prevention, sometimes known as the HIV cascade, and a standard by which the U.S. National HIV AIDS strategy is measuring our success nationally uh, against HIV, we see that San Francisco is leading the country in multiple areas. So if we look um, on the left-hand side at those columns of undiagnosed HIV infection, blue is the United States for this entire chart and red is San Francisco. Undiagnosed HIV infection, meaning where an individual is infected with HIV but isn't aware of his or her status. 20% um, of individuals with HIV don't realize that they are infected throughout the United States, but only 6.3% in San Francisco. And this speaks to the real push and the support for testing um, through the private sector, the public sector, and the commitment of San Francisco as a city to make sure that people are aware of their HIV status. The next step in the continuum, if someone is diagnosed um, with HIV, is linking them to medical care and other supportive services. So the percentage, again, of those who are linked to care within three months in San Francisco exceeds that of the United States as a whole. 
And finally, viral suppression is critically important. We know that it's important for the health of the individual, and it is also extremely important in decreasing new HIV transmissions. Groundbreaking research has shown that um, viral suppression decreases the risk of transmission to a sexual partner by 96%. So viral suppression has a dual purpose of increasing health for individuals living with HIV and offering levels of protection against infection for those who might be at risk for HIV. And again, San Francisco go far outstrips the estimates for the United States as a whole. 28% of those infected with HIV are believed to be virally suppressed in the United States uh, versus 68% at 12 months in San Francisco based on people diagnosed in 2012. And all of these are uh, a great um, indicators of the work and the dedication of the people of San Francisco um, and providers as well. So wh why have we had uh, the success, particularly in viral load? And partially it's that San Francisco has had a very aggressive approach towards looking at the available scientific data and discussing what are the public health and policy uh, decisions that could be made to best benefit both the health of those living with HIV and those at risk for HIV infection. So in 2010, San Francisco became the first city in the United States to recommend that treatment be offered to anyone diagnosed with HIV. We were the first in the U.S. This was a joint recommendation both from UC CSF, um, Ward 86 at San Francisco General Hospital, and the San Francisco Department of Public Health. The offer uh, was to be given regardless of CD4 count, so at any point um, after diagnosis. And the decision to start treatment, of course, was a, a decision that was made by an individual in discussion with his or her provider. San Francisco was years ahead of the national guidelines, which now also say the same thing. And again, this is the idea of being ahead of the curve um, that we have heard already this morning and that we to reinforce that we have a strong history of doing so in San Francisco around HIV-AIDS policy. Finally, um, it's important to think about combination prevention or layers of HIV prevention and different strategies that might work better uh, for other people than others. So we've known since the various earliest stages of the epidemic that condoms are effective against HIV, but for many reasons, condoms are not always feasible or practical for every individual at risk. So we have multiple, as we learn more and we see what is effective uh, in HIV prevention, we add multiple uh, different strategies so that people are able to use the ones that are most appropriate for them. So in addition to condoms, there's syringe access for people uh, who use uh, drugs, um, HIV testing and treatment, as we just spoke about, uh, behavioral health interventions um, for mental health and substance abuse um, support, STD screening and treatment. And on that, we now add this layer of PrEP as an additional um, layer of protection and prevention. And with all of this in sum, what we are seeing is that in San Francisco, there are signs of success in our fight against HIV. The red line represents new HIV diagnoses in the city from 2006 to 2013. Uh, the pink line represents deaths due to HIV AIDS. And the green line are living HIV cases, which we're happy are um, increasing um, as people are getting onto treatment earlier and staying healthier when living with HIV. 
Now this graphic is the, the work of our uh, really excellent HIV surveillance epidemiology group, which is the, the best in the country at what they do, and we have the access to the best data uh, anywhere uh, as a Department of Public Health to know how we're doing with HIV AIDS. But the work, the actual um, effort that's represented here is shared across the city, um, not only DPH, but also private providers, community members and activists, um, community-based organizations, academic researchers, and many, many others. So this is the shared commitment, this is the collective impact, and this is what we've been able to achieve. So now we're at the point where we are talking about a new challenge, a very audacious goal, but where better in San, than San Francisco to think about this? Getting to zero in San Francisco, as we've heard about um, this morning already. And this means zero HIV infections, zero HIV-associated deaths, and zero HIV stigma. This is really a collective impact approach and an unprecedented bringing together of interested groups and experts from UCSF, the Department of Public Health, community-based HIV service providers, activists, key thought leaders, private medical providers, and many, many others. And um, we must also acknowledge that we're very grateful to have support from the staff of Supervisors Campos and Wiener on this, uh, in this effort as well, and it's been very much appreciated uh, to have that level of support and their input. And PrEP is a key strategy in getting to zero, and it's been uh, identified by this uh, group as a key strategy. And some of the components of that um, have been identified as comprehensive PrEP training and support for clinical providers throughout San Francisco to increase capacity for people to access PrEP wherever they may be receiving care. Resources and assistance for potential users of PrEP, very clear, uh, in clear language, clearly accessible, and in multiple routes uh, that make it easy for people to understand uh, what PrEP is, um, what PrEP can do for them, and ways in which they can access PrEP. And then developing key metrics for PrEP is going to be exceedingly important, and we will again need to take the lead within the United States in how to best do that. And the Department of Public Health is very uh, prepared and poised to be involved in those conversations. We need to know what the true demand for PrEP might be. We need to know uh, real uh, uh, accurate estimates and accurate um, information as much as we can about how many people are taking PrEP in San Francisco. And we need to know um, further what are the barriers, what are the obstacles, and are there any harms from people in related to stigma um, or even uh, physical and side effect harms from taking PrEP. So all of this information uh, will need to be gathered over time to give us the best ability to uh, provide PrEP in a safe and effective way. Important also to remember that the overall efforts of the department and others in policy uh, related to health reform in San Francisco uh, furthers access to PrEP. And in San Francisco, due to the support of the city and the Department of Public Health, we've been able to have a health access program for many years, Healthy San Francisco. And so we are ahead in providing comprehensive health care um, as well. And then further, the ACA uh, really allowed for 90,000 San Franciscans now to enroll in health insurance under ACA. And many insurers uh, now include and cover PrEP, including, as we've heard, Medi-Cal, Kaiser, Anthem Blue Cross, United Healthcare, and Aetna. So health reform itself has been a facilitator of PrEP, which is really wonderful in San Francisco. 
Now the department uh, recommends PrEP for those at highest risk for HIV in San Francisco, and that those groups include um, gay and bisexual men and other men who have sex with men and trans females who have sex with men. These recommendations are based on our local epidemiology that shows that 85% of new infections occur within these groups. But others at potential risk also must be offered uh, the opportunity to discuss PrEP with their providers, need to have access to culturally competent and clinically uh, knowledgeable providers who can talk with them about PrEP. And so our goal is to lift the waters for everyone so that providers throughout the city are able to have these conversations and people are able to talk to their providers about PrEP. So the specific ways in which the San Francisco Department of Health supports PrEP include the following. For our own patients within the SF Health Network clinics, we provide access to PrEP for patients. Providers will also have ongoing access to training and consultation to support them in the rollout of PrEP, including from Ward 86 experts in HIV treatment and prevention and from the Department of Public Health as well. For the uninsured, those who remain uninsured despite ACA uh, throughout San Francisco, Healthy San Francisco um, fills that gap and covers PrEP for uninsured San Franciscans um, in SFDPH-supported medical homes. And those who are in non-SFDPH medical homes um, may work with their primary care providers to try and access PrEP through um, either their own insurance or through uh, the manufacturer's medication assistance program. And then access for all San Franciscans at risk is another major goal of uh, SFDPH. And we will develop training resources for all providers, including those within our own health network, but more broadly as well. Providers throughout the city are our uh, target um, group with this uh, training. We continue to provide access to people at San Francisco City Clinic, recognizing that people accessing care and needing services for STD uh, infections um, and sexual health generally are prime candidates in many instances for PrEP. And we do this via linkage, uh, trying to help with linkage to insurance and primary care. Um, and supporting community education and resources as well is a goal of the Department of Public Health and many efforts are being put into community outreach and education along with many other partners throughout the city. We're going to continue PrEP assessment and implementation research as we've been leaders in doing this um, as we have just shown and in assessing metrics for PrEP in San Francisco that will be a key responsibility of the department. So we have a fact sheet that is up now on our website, and I very much want to thank you uh, for your interest in this very important matter and for your time this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Phillips. Uh, thank you, and to the uh, Department of Public Health uh, for all you have done. And clearly, San Francisco is leading the way. But I wanted to just briefly ask you about something that Dr. Grant said, which is that uh, it's his estimation that uh, about a 1,000 folks in San Francisco are uh, currently accessing PrEP. Uh, in terms of getting to this vision zero, uh, I imagine that that number has to increase dramatically for us to be able to attain that objective. Yes, and, and I think that um, sitting down together and, and really trying to come to a consensus of, of what, that, um, what that overall number would be is very important. Um, one of the things that we know is that 
most people are getting their HIV care in, in providers and in clinics um, and their preventive care in clinics that do not include DPH clinics. So we do have to make sure that there are access and resources and educational components available to clinicians throughout the city. And that is a key responsibility of, of my branch, is to support physicians, nurses, and others in the rollout of PrEP. Because as you were saying, we're not going to be able to do it solely with efforts uh, directed through DPH alone. We really have to reach out and, and enable providers throughout the city um, who have shown interest and um, ability to really have this high uptake of HIV treatment, as we've just seen, um, to really take the next step and to offer PrEP as well. And we feel that providers are well prepared to take that step. We need to just make sure that they have the tools to do it. Great. Thank you, Dr. Phillips. Colleagues, any questions for Dr. Phillips? Uh, I, I know that I want to go into public comment, but I just want to just, uh, if I can ask uh, uh, Colleen Chala, who is the Deputy Director, uh, I, uh, and again, I want to thank uh, her and her staff uh, for all the work that they have been doing. And uh, uh, we will be at some point, and you know, we will be introducing a supplemental in uh, in uh, next Tuesday. And the supplemental, uh, at least, which is a work in progress at this point, uh, we're talking about. Uh, following the model of Washington State, which actually began, uh, you know, funding uh, a similar effort. Uh, and we're talking about uh, $801,000 or so, 800000 which is uh, $500,000 for uh, a uh, assistance to ensure that co-pays and payments are, are as low as possible. Uh, and then to to hire uh, navigators to help uh, so that to the extent we're we're paying for this that we minimize the impact on a general fund because one of the things we know is that insurance companies and others cover it but it's really hard to navigate the process to get approval uh, so uh, just wondering in terms of the the Department of Public Health's perspective uh, do you have a sense of uh, you know, how you see this effort to, to make sure that we increase the availability of PrEP uh, and, uh, and how, how do we do that and you have any thoughts about some of the challenges that, that we're facing as we move down this path? Certainly. Thank you. And thank you, supervisors, for having me today. Uh, we, as you heard from Dr. Phillip, we support uh, increased access to PrEP and um, are interested in partnering with you and uh, with the other members of the board to figure out how to do that. Uh, in uh, light of our discussions, we have reviewed the Washington State program and think it provides a, a good sample for a pathway forward. It's a little bit different. They're a state that has the full ADAP infrastructure that they've already had, had uh, statewide. And uh, we are a locality that has other health care responsibilities. So it's not exactly a, an, an, uh, uh, an, a perfect fit. But I think that there are lessons that we can learn there. Any program that we would uh, design uh, would, as Dr. Phillips said, and as you said, Supervisor, maximize other resources available to provide access to PrEP so that we reduce reliance on the general fund to only those uh, necessary cases. So increase access through public insurance, through private insurance, through the patient assistance program. And so we think that there are ways that we can do that. Great. Thank you very much. Uh, and I want to thank uh, also uh, Barbara Garcia for her leadership in this. Uh, Supervisor Yee. A quick question. Um, I guess San Francisco has been involved with uh, the uh, 
the research and so forth and, and seen positive results. So I'm just curious, um, has San Francisco um, DBH um, dedicated any resources towards this vision that we're, we're talking about thus far? Yes, all of the all of the ways in which we are working to provide prep currently are are contributing towards this, and there are also um, several of the HIV uh, uh, leaders within SFDPH who are actively involved with this getting to zero group. So we are providing um, expertise, we are learning from that group, and we are prepared to implement um, to 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 implement the recommendations of the group once they've been fully approved by the health commission and the department. But we are uh, poised to augment what we're doing now to really achieve this issue, this vision of getting to zero in San Francisco. Do you know um, budget-wise uh, how much has been dedicated? Let me ask Colleen. And, and you don't have to give me an answer today. I mean, it, it, I'm just curious. No, I'm sorry. I don't yeah. have that, that number. You think you can get that number? Yes. Okay. Thank we you will. very much. Thank you. Supervisor Mark. Thank you, Dr. Phillip and Dr. Grant and Ms. Chala. Um, I did want to just ask a quick question. Are there any side effects to the use of PrEP? And then if you could just elaborate a little bit more on the cost effectiveness of a program in San Francisco that provides it for free. So the, the, there's currently one medication approved for PrEP, which is uh, the brand name Truvada, um, and it's a co-formulated uh, drug. It generally is, is, has very good tolerability. There are sometimes um, what's known as a startup syndrome, the first initial weeks of taking PrEP. People may have mostly gastrointestinal upset. Um, usually this is relatively mild and um, goes away after several weeks. Most people are able to tolerate that, but that's one of the reasons why it's important to have a provider who's comfortable and checks in with a patient around side effects and tolerability. Um, and then as far as estimates of um, you know, cost effectiveness of providing it uh, free to everyone, I don't have those uh, numbers. Um, Colleen, do we, we don't have those particular numbers about providing it free to everyone, cost effectiveness of providing PrEP free? No, I'm sorry, we don't. We don't have those numbers readily available. But Dr. Grant may have more to add. Dr. Grant. Um, there, uh, the cost effectiveness depends a great deal on who uses PrEP. And, and the good news from the study is that people who need it the most use it the most. Uh, San Francisco overall has a substantial incidence of new HIV infections. We've talked about that. People who are interested in PrEP and will take it home and actually use it have an even higher incidence of HIV. So that provides us with more assurance that this can be implemented in a cost-effective way. Um, uh, PrEP is cost-saving if the HIV incidence is higher than 6%. We often see incidences like that in, um, in, in young people and, and young people of color in particular. Uh, young MSM of color, but um, uh, you know, at, at lower levels of, of incidence, we do see that it's cost effective, if not cost savings. As Supervisor Campos pointed out, preventing HIV infection saves the cost of lifelong therapy. Thank you, Dr. Grant. Colleagues, any other comments or questions? Uh, if, 
I'm going to now uh, go to speakers, and I don't want to lose our quorum. Normally, I provide the maximum allotted time of three minutes, but because we want to make sure that we don't lose our quorum, we'll do two minutes per speaker. So as I call your name, if you can please line up uh, on, on the aisle to uh, your right, our left. Laura Thomas, Tom Temprano, uh, Shannon Weber, uh, Eric Paul Liu, Aaron Baldwin, Adam Mihig, uh, uh, Eric Give, Edwin Lindo, Jorge Zepeda, Juan Davila. Go ahead. Thank you, Supervisors. Uh, it's, I, I'm nowhere near the expert on this issue that the previous speakers were, so I'm just going to speak from the heart today. I was not in San Francisco at the onset of the HIV-AIDS epidemic. In fact, I was a young kid in, in Southern California and distinctly remember my mom having very tough conversations with me about close family friends, people who I called my uncles, who we had lost to this disease. At the same time, here in San Francisco, people who were, were presidents of the Harvey Milk Democratic Club before me, Bill Krauss, Michael Goldstein, were all fighting to end this disease. Today we have an opportunity to do something that our brothers and sisters have fought and died for. We have a chance to stop the new transmission of uh, new uh, transmissions of HIV and AIDS here in San Francisco. Access to PrEP will save lives. It will save lives here in San Francisco, and the example that we set here will save lives across the nation and across the world. In honor of all of those who have lost their lives to this disease, and as a gay man, I ask you not to put a price on the life of queer people in San Francisco. I ask you not to put a price on members of our trans community, on low-income San Franciscans, on people who desperately need access to this life-saving medication. I ask you to do what everyone else here today will ask you to do, and please, please pass this budget supplemental. A small amount will have a huge impact on the lives of people in our city and people across the world. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to read a few more names, and uh, so that we keep uh, the meeting going forward. You know, if uh, instead of clapping, if you can just, you know, uh, uh, you can you can show your support without actually, uh, you know, clapping. Uh, that would be great. Appreciated. James Laduca, Timothy Andrews, Dwayne Treat, Peter Berman. Good morning. I'm Shannon Weber with the Bay Area Perinatal Aid Center, the program at San Francisco General Hospital where we care for HIV-positive pregnant women. In 2010, we began offering PrEP to HIV-negative women who wanted to conceive with their HIV-positive male partner. And this year, we're celebrating a decade of all babies born in, in San Francisco being HIV-free. This is made possible because of potent antiretroviral medications that are given to the mother that act as both a treatment to the mom and a prevention to the infant. And because of our work, we also now believe that ending sexual HIV transmission is possible. PrEP is the first female-controlled HIV prevention method. It's a game-changer when we talk about how women can protect themselves and the ways in which women can choose to safely conceive with their male partners. Women want access to PrEP. We've done a survey of HIV-negative women with HIV-positive male partners asking them, and 53% say they want to take PrEP as a safer conception method. But women face challenges accessing PrEP, and there are providers who are unable or unwilling to provide PrEP to women. 
Women, including trans women, need to be included in this expanded access to PrEP and their providers included in the education efforts. There's a lot that we can learn from ending perinatal HIV transmission, that combining treatment, the use of PrEP, and real dialogue that we can move toward the end of sexual trans HIV transmission as well. Thank you. Thank you very much. Next speaker. Um, thank you very much for allowing me to speak. You may wonder why um, somebody in a sash, and more so somebody from LA is here in San Francisco. Um, uh, I just wanted to point out, um, my name is Eric Poloya. I'm Mr. Los Angeles Leather 2014, and as such, um, we know the history of the leather community being serious leaders in LGBTQ rights issues and HIV issues. Um, as such, I stand before you here as a 28-year-old HIV-negative man that has been involved in HIV, AIDS, and STI activism for over 10 years, and, um, and I'm seriously endorsing PrEP. When I first heard of it, I was curious because I was wondering, what is this going to do? But reading the data, reading the studies, knowing that this works, this is the key, this is the key point. Um, you're soon to cast a seriously historic vote here today. This does not just change how we deal with HIV, but also with sex, sexual health, and the social equality that stands with it. PrEP is the only HIV transmission prevention that gives full control to the HIV negative partner or person involved in the game. Not only does this protect you locally, um, as other barriers do, but it also protects you all over your body with an efficacy that's beyond 99%. As the other speakers have said, this is not about cost of living. This is not how much, how much money a, um, somebody is worth. This is about seriously providing something for the community that we need. And it's also in regards to occupational exposure risks. Over 60% of the HIV, people living with HIV um, in California are in LA and are in San Francisco. As such, we are leader communities. And the LA uh, County HIV C uh, Commission that I work with very closely as well as the PrEP work group, we have assigned one to $1.5 million to ease access and education about this. And I do believe that San Francisco can do the same. Um, I ask you today to support this for your community, for the people that you represent, and to sincerely change the face of HIV, not just in San Francisco, but in California at large, and set an example, not just for California, but for the world and for the commitment to end this epidemic. Thank you Thank very you. much. Welcome to San Francisco. Uh, Zach, Zach Murray, Andrew Reynolds, uh, Brian Basinger, who already spoke, Alex Walker, Steve Williams. Good morning. Um, my name is Aaron Baldwin. I have the first HIV-positive um, financial practice in America. And as such, I often get many people um, in my office who, who are HIV-positive. Um, some examples I want to give you of San Franciscans. Uh, one is a young man who just finished his degree at Berkeley. His first, um, he's a first-year medical student now at Harvard, a young Asian-American gay man who wanted to take a life insurance policy to protect his family who will invest over $100,000 into his education. Because of his diagnosis, life insurance was not an option for him, and his family could have significant financial impact by his HIV diagnosis should something happen to him. Um, a bus two business owners, one, a gay man, HIV negative, a heterosexual female woman, business partners looking to execute a buy-sell agreement for their business to make sure in the advent that either one of them should pass, the estate would be paid out and the business ownership would go on. Um, because the heterosexual woman is HIV positive, 
she cannot get life insurance to execute her side of the buy-sell agreement. They will not open a third location here in the city and employ additional San Franciscans because they'll have to use that money to be to create a more creative type of buy-sell agreement and protect each party. And then an, a 55-year-old uh, tech exec um, who is currently acquired over his um, career a $3 million estate. That $3 million estate now is 100% allocated to his long-term care because he's HIV positive. Inside of that $3 million estate is a million dollars he's hoping to gift to various different charities in San Francisco. If his long-term care expenses are significant, that won't happen. And those are other costs to the city and county of San Francisco. Thank you very much. And I see Laura Thomas, uh, who was called earlier as well. So, Thank you. Laura Thomas with the Drug Policy Alliance and co-president of the Harvey Milk LGBT Democratic Club. Um, first of all, thank you for holding this hearing. Uh, just yesterday, I was at a meeting where we were talking to folks from out of town about the many victories and successes of the San Francisco model of HIV care and prevention. And in that conversation, I expressed how proud I was to have been a part of San Francisco's model of care and the extent to which we've been leaders in this epidemic. And much of that leadership has come from the San Francisco Department of Public Health in partnership with the community and with city and county government. Uh, and one of the things that we do really well is we follow the evidence. And sometimes we create the evidence by doing the research that's needed to prove um, what can be effective. And PrEP is certainly one of uh, those we um, face barriers to PrEP, and people have talked about some of those in terms of the stigma and the economic barriers. Um, the stigma around people's sexuality, around their drug use, around the kind of work that they do are things that we have prided ourselves here in San Francisco on overriding um, as barriers to access to health care. Um, we need the type of investment in um, these cost-effective services of navigators, of helping people with co-pays, small investment given the much larger benefit that we can see. Um, this is an issue of economic justice, of health care access justice, of reproductive justice, of racial justice. This is something that we can do that will enable us to continue to be proud of being at the forefront of addressing HIV. Thank you. Thank you very much. Next speaker. Thank you. This is Jorge Cepeda. I'm a social worker at San Francisco AIDS Foundation. Expanding uh, PrEP access is a social justice issue. For many of our communities, they don't have um, the means to access uh, services, even if with the Affordable Care Act. And um, with in many communities, minority communities, when, when a person is, um, becomes aware of their HIV status, often they have two diagnoses, HIV and AIDS or within 12 months period, they become aware that also they have AIDS. This is an, an, an impact, an economic impact, a human impact, and also um, an, an injustice. So this is a disparity of access. Expanding access to PrEP, we are providing social justice. And also, it's a democratic action because we um, um, facilitate the access 
to prep to all our communities, we are being democratic. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm going to read a, a couple more names. Stephen, John Torres, Stephanie, Ashley, Sid, Nova. Next speaker, please. Hello, good evening. My name is Juan Davila uh, for Aguilas El Ambiente. Uh, well, the one thing I hear a lot of stuff as good things for the future, for the community. Uh, it's not for us, just all the community to help and protect more infected. I have HIV for, long, uh, for almost 14 years, and I don't accept this one. And now I, I see we can protect, we can help more community, not just uh, one person or two, per or two people, more for all the community. Because we are, we are human. We are not uh, people like, yes, oh, I will give it this and this done. I think it's good things to bring and give it to other community to take it because it's just, I don't I know this to expense it but I think so is to bring to the people or take it I think so it's good good things for all the community thank you and I hope to something coming good thing for all the community thank you thank you very much next speaker Thank you, Supervisors. Edwin Lindo, uh, Vice President of the San Francisco Latino Democratic Club, and wanted to briefly share with you that this is a issue that affects all communities, both LGBT community, but also communities of color, uh, and communities that in many respects may not have the ability to afford PrEP. And if you think about it, our communities, our society, our doctors, our scientists, they've aspired to try to find a way to prevent the transmission of HIV. Well, it's here. It's here today, and we have the opportunity to save lives, to save a generation of people that can say, San Francisco stood up for us first, the rest of the country is going to follow, and this is one step closer to eliminating HIV, which has been devastating to many of our communities. I here stand you, urging you to support the supplemental, and, and thank you for listening. Thank you very much. Next speaker. Thanks for hearing me today, Supervisors. My name is Eric Gibb. Uh, I'm a lucky, lucky, privileged guy. I've been taking PrEP for two years. Uh, I have private insurance. I have a $3,000 a year deductible. And after that, I pay $3,600 a year for this medication. But I'm still lucky. I've got it a lot better than most people. I'm an amateur, amateur advocate for PrEP via Facebook and via online cruising apps. And I hear story after story after story of people who can't get access to medications or who do but then can't navigate their own insurance or who can't pay for their co-pays once they get all of that figured out. So I support better access by helping people to get navigation to their insurance, helping them pay for their prep co-pays. So I support this budget supplemental. Thank you. Thank you very much. Next speaker. Good morning, Board of Supervisors. My name is Adam Mayes. I'm a member of the Harvey Milk Club, and I just wanted to urge you to adopt this measure. I'm a, I'm a firmer believer of PrEP. I wanted to highlight something that I haven't heard yet today, and that is how many times have you all heard from your constituents crying about something that you could prevent? 
right in front of you, right here, right now, is something preventable. This is something that could easily be adopted, that you could easily grab a hold of someone and say, I heard your stories and this is what I did for you. I hope that you all can take the step next forward of uh, adopting PrEP, funding PrEP, and seeing that HIV is a thing of the past in terms of transmission rates. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Next speaker. Hi, thank you, Supervisors. I'm Stephen Williams. Um, aside from just the financial aspect of it being a good investment to make, especially when we're not in a recession in our future, I want to talk about my own experience last year trying to get PrEP. I went to a doctor. I had strep throat, so I was trying to kill two birds with one stone. She ended up sex-shaming me and telling me that I was probably seroconverting with my strep throat symptoms and then told me, oh, maybe you can check out the city study. The reality is I'm very privileged. They have very good health care. I was very informed and knew what I wanted to get. And, she, and I was also privileged to be able to pick a doctor with decades of experience treating HIV-positive patients in the Castro who is a member of the LGBT community. And even so, with all of that privilege, I could not get it from my primary care physician. And beyond that, her ignorance around this issue just demolished the trust we had as a patient-doctor relationship. And so I think it's so important to be pushing this as a city, not just to pay lip service for it, but to really put some money towards it to, to lead on this issue nationwide and then also just the navigators to help individuals who do have health care get the medication. And then also as a city government and the Department of Public Health, providing real legitimate information for providers here in San Francisco to be better informed. This is really critical. The science is in. We know it works. We need to get the word out. Thank you. Thank you very much. Next speaker. Good morning, Supervisors. James LaDuca, <clears throat> Head of Policy for San Francisco AIDS Foundation. Since the dawn of human history, we've craved intimacy and connection without barriers. Our existence depends on it. It's a safe bet that most of us wouldn't be here today were it not for acts of condomless sex. They foster love, allow us to thrive, and are to be celebrated. But three decades ago, the AIDS crisis and the tremendous loss, grief, and fear that accompanied it changed the way many of us think about condoms and sex. That thinking persists today, but it doesn't have to be permanent. We now have a promising tool that gives us a reason to re-examine it and to reshape our thinking about intimacy, connection, and love. For many people, condoms are an extremely useful and effective tool for preventing HIV and other STIs. They will always be a central tool in the fight against HIV. And yet, with 50,000 new infections in the United States annually, we know that there are also many people for whom condoms simply do not work. Women trying to conceive with an HIV-positive partner, condoms don't work. People not in a position to negotiate condom use with their sex partner, condoms don't work. For increasing numbers of gay and bi men, condoms are not working. A recent study by CDC found one in six gay and bi men use condoms consistently and effectively enough to be protected from HIV. What about the other 84%? PrEP has the potential to be a game changer. It's proven highly effective at preventing HIV infection when used properly. It has a degree of forgiveness that condoms don't. The pill you took yesterday provides some, not optimal, protection today. The condom you used yesterday, it doesn't protect you if you didn't use a condom today. It increases opportunities to detect and treat STIs among sexually active people. 
It's been shown not to increase sexual risk-taking, and it fosters intimacy and connection in moments where previously there were shame and fear. PrEP presents an enormous opportunity in the fight against HIV, one that we must not squander. I urge all of us to do more, and I look forward to ongoing discussion. Thank you. Thank you very much. Next speaker. Good morning. Uh, my name is Pete Berman. I'm an internal medicine physician as well as trained in uh, public health. And I just want to echo the information around the effectiveness of PrEP and that it's just nothing short of amazing if taken daily. Um, my, one of my concerns is improving the access to PrEP as this can make a major public health um, impact and decrease the rate of new infections. And whether that means reducing the uh, co-pays or deductibles, which, uh, as, as Eric said and others have said, it can be substantial, um, or with a navigator to help folks uh, obtain PrEP, um, which I, I tell you, uh, as, an, uh, as a doc, the, the route can be confusing. It can be virtually a maze. So whatever we can do to improve access, I'm all for it. Thank you. Uh, good morning. My name is Zach Murray. I'm a policy analyst with Larkin Street Youth Services. Uh, thank you all for hosting this forum. Uh, I'd like to, I'm happy to be here at what appears to be the start of a very historic moment for the city of San Francisco and the nation. Larkin Street is proud of our long legacy of HIV AIDS treatment and prevention work, working alongside with many folks who, and organizations who are represented here today. Our assisted care aftercare facility founded in 1997 is the first residential treatment program for youth uh, who are living with HIV AIDS in the United States. Uh, and as a result, we've crafted years of valuable research about the needs of young people who are living with HIV or at risk of, of HIV. Uh, basically, what we know is that uh, this disease takes an outsized toll on young people of color, uh, specifically 16 to 24 young black men, uh, and that they're overrepresented, and this reflects a real uh, situation in which we have medical disparities. Uh, and what we need is to pinpoint those communities for education and access to this valuable life-saving resource. This is a great opportunity to reverse disparities that actually cost billions additional on the economy. And we know that there's a large number of homeless youth in the city who can benefit because their homelessness puts them at great risk of HIV. I want to offer just a few specific insights uh, from, our, uh, from our HIV engagement with young people who are living with and at risk of HIV. We find that our clients are seeing the media campaigns and bringing prep up themselves, and it seems that the higher risk clients who have expressed this kind of interest in prep are doing so. Uh, so some of those who would be best fit for prep are self-selecting, which demonstrates that some clients have a good understanding of the intervention and a realistic sense of whether or not it might be for them. However, at least one of our clients has tried accessing prep at Larkin Street Clinics and was unable to receive a prescription. This was frustrating as he had felt empowered by media messages uh, that he saw about the new prevention technique and was seeking out the help that he needed. In the course of facilitating groups, Eva Kersey at Larkin Street mentions that she has conversations with men who have sex with men uh, and are engaged in uh, unprotected sex even when they have education about HIV, STDs, and prevention. Uh, they don't use condoms. And for some, it, was a, con it uh, was a conscious part of how they had sex. Others desired to use condoms but didn't have access. This is really important to youth, and I strongly urge you to move forward with this. Thank you. Thank you very much. Next speaker. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Supervisors, for having us here. My name is Andrew Reynolds, and I'm representing Project Inform. Project Inform heartily supports Supervisor Campos and Wiener's goal of ensuring easy access to PrEP for all San Franciscans who need it and who would benefit from it. It is fortunate that, at least in San Francisco, debates about PrEP's efficacy for the individual have largely ended. There's a simple truth. PrEP works for those who have access to it and for those who take it. 
Project Inform has fought for treatment choices and access for people living with HIV for nearly 30 years. For the last three years, we have been fighting the same fight for those at risk for HIV. PrEP should be an accessible option and choice for those at risk alongside other choices and options. Despite advances in health coverage in San Francisco, care and treatment with PrEP remains a fractured and incomplete system for many. Too often, people aren't screened for the risk factors for HIV infection or aren't canceled about PrEP when risk factors are discovered. Too few doctors are knowledgeable enough and willing to offer PrEP. Stigma in both the community and the clinic remains a barrier to access. And even if PrEP is prescribed, some find high co-pays or impenetrable bureaucracies in place or no coverage at all. All of this is particularly true for many of the most marginalized communities in our society, including young men of color, transgendered women and men, people who use drugs, women with HIV-positive partners who are trying to conceive children, and especially undocumented individuals. For the first time since the beginning of the epidemic, we have a highly effective prevention option that doesn't depend on the cooperation of your sex partner to protect you. We have an option that is forgiving of slip-ups or broken condoms. We have an option that isn't vulnerable to the sometimes overwhelming brew of thoughts and feelings that can occur during sex, especially for individuals who have been drinking or using other substances, or simply for those who desire the increased intimacy of condomless sex. Additional resources to offer PrEP to those most in need could significantly alter the trajectory of this epidemic in San Francisco. We urge the Board of Supervisors and the city to take advantage of the opportunity that PrEP offers us to help us get to zero new infections. Thank you. PrEP, combined with increased efforts to test, care for, and treat and provide social supports for people living with HIV, could help us make good on that goal. Thank you. Thanks. Next speaker. Uh, morning, Supervisors. Alex Walker, uh, Vice President Political, PAC Chair of the Harvey Milk LGBT Democratic Club. I want to um, echo a lot of these statements made by previously uh, by Tom, Laura, Adam, a member of the club. We had a great meeting on Tuesday talking about this issue. I'm up here today actually as a gay man who is a in a monogamous relationship and has insurance. But I wasn't always that way. There was a period in my life where I didn't have insurance. And I'm going to say here publicly today, there was a period where I engaged in risky behavior, where I had unprotected sex. And I thank my lucky stars that I didn't seroconvert, something didn't happen, because I didn't have insurance. And there was, no, there was no PrEP available or nothing where I could have gotten access to it. And so I think the supplemental is something really important for even people like me who are educated, who are intelligent, who, you know, in my generation, a lot of people would think that HIV, that AIDS is no longer an issue, that it's no longer something that actually could harm them, that could affect them. And there needs to be this education that, yes, it's still out there and that this is something that can help you prevent it. And I'm up here today to support a supplemental that does not take away from current programs. And I think that the supplemental is going to be so important. It's going to fund navigators in places like Magnet and City Clinic. City Clinic is where I went and got tested. I was worried that I had possibly contracted something. And so I really think that this is so, so important. And, you know, we talk about PrEP, but also it can be used as PEP, post-exposure prophylaxis. You know, this is such an important thing that I think a lot of people don't realize that they think that AIDS, that HIV can be treated through after exposure through the drugs we have today, but 
people don't know that can be prevented. And so if we can have these supplementals, um, if we can have these subsidies for people who can't afford it, if we can have these navigators to let these young people, people in my generation and younger, know that this is an option for them, you know, this is really going to save lives and really impact futures. So thank you, Supervisors Wiener and Compost, for this. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the full board pass supplemental that is not taking away from other essential programs for HIV, AIDS, and public health. Thank you guys very much. Thank you very much. Next speaker. Thank you, Supervisors. Um, Steven Torres, the Events and Fundraising Chair for the Harvey Milk Club. Um, yes, this is the socially responsible thing to do, um, not just because of the financial access it provides, but also because of visibility. As a lot of us remember, in the early years of the crisis, visibility <coughs> was um, the lack of visibility is what prevented people from accessing treatments and consequently we lost a lot of people that way. Now it's a lack of visibility is allowing people to feel stigma and shame for trying to access these things and by the city lending their seal of approval and trying to provide this, it'll let people feel a lot better about accessing something that's gonna be able to protect them. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Torres. Next speaker. Hi, thank you for um, having this hearing and for having us here for this purpose. Um, my name is Stephanie Ashley, and I just want to say a little bit more um, in addition to the comments I made at the rally this morning. San Francisco is doing some great work in many ways in making PrEP available. Um, I know a number of people in my life who have been able to access PrEP. Um, many of them, uh, the majority of them, have been able to do so through Kaiser, where about 500 of the approximately 1,000 um, prescriptions for PrEP in the city have been um, housed, and some of whom have been able to access PrEP through City Clinic, which has been a groundbreaking model that we should be very, very proud of. Um, most of those people that I know that have been able to successfully um, access PrEP have been uh, men who have had some level of insurance and um, financial privilege to be able to afford co-pays. Um, but there's an, another uh, group of folks that I know that I work with through St. James Infirmary who not only are very limited in their ability to access PrEP, but they haven't heard of it. And I think about um, a lot of the work that we do with street-based sex workers uh, in the Mission District, for example, with in collaboration with the Mission Neighborhood Resource Center. And um, oftentimes we'll be uh, doing HIV prevention work with women who um, have HIV positive partners who are engaging in risky behavior, um, maybe around their injection uh, practices. And when we say, have you heard about PrEP? Most often the answer is no. And this is why I think the supplemental is so important is because not only um, will it expand on the great work in terms of access that the city's done, but it'll give us funding to be able to do outreach and education with uh, residents in San Francisco that um, have not been able to hear the messages that we've been putting out. And it'll give us the ability to help navigate those folks into accessing PrEP, into primary care, if that's something that they choose. So, you know, San Francisco's always done a great job of investing in the most effective interventions, and this is our next opportunity to do that. Thank you. Thank you very much. Next speaker. <laughs> Last one. I'm so excited. Um, hi, my name is Sid Nova, and I'm the Programs Director at St. James Infirmary. Um, but since Stephanie just spoke um, about how we navigate PrEP with our clients, I want to talk about how I, I want to talk about it for me personally. Um, today, I want to talk about my experience as a queer transgender sex worker. 
I want to bring this experience into the room um, to bring a face to someone who, despite a long history of working in HIV prevention and who was a member of ACT UP San Francisco, experienced a lot of difficulty navigating condom use um, when I found myself in a new sexual culture and navigating that through sex work. Um, transgender people, due to social devaluing and stigma, are often put at a disadvantage when being empowered to ask for condoms, um, especially when we are financially dependent on those kind of transactions. Um, due to the nature of the criminalization of the sex trade, sex workers fear navigating sexual boundaries at the expense of um, entrapment as well. All these factors lead to 30% of transgender women in San Francisco living with HIV. Um, access to medication can prevent seroconversion while users navigate sexual worlds, cultures, and relationships that are risky, and that's necessary to prevent lifelong infections. This small tool that people can use maybe for six months, maybe for a year, maybe for their lifetimes, is much better than someone converting to HIV and living with it for the rest of their lives. Um, I was lucky that while I navigated gay worlds and sex work as a newly out trans man, I stayed negative. And I would like it if other folks in similar situations were able to do that, not through luck, but through access to care. And that is in your hands. Um, please support the supplemental. Thank you. Thank you very much. Is there any other member of the public who would like to speak? Please come on up. Just come on up. Hello, my name is Larry Juicy Edmund, and I have some pictures here. It's a picture where we, I stay at the first AIDS hotel, the Ambassador, a place that Hank Wilson them found during the 80s. And I would like to tell you my history of leaving Arkansas in 86, the first time I seen a man who looked like Rock Hudson. His people had locked him in his room. He was my friend. And I went there, and I hugged him, and we kissed. And then I would move to Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, it was still... I couldn't get it. It was kind of hard identified. I moved to Chicago. The people thought I was the first gay person with, in positive. I wasn't even positive in Chicago. I moved to San Diego. San Diego, where military guys were now beginning to kill themselves because they were testing positive. I moved to San Francisco. It's the first place where we could really start it at 9. 42 Market, then 973 Market, the Brothers Network, Gay Men of Color. Then we went to 985 Market, 10 United Nation Plaza. What I'm saying is we... What I have learned by being HIV positive, that it was not a God... It, it was not a God sin to kill us. It was... We have a lot of miracles and medicines from this year. And what I'm saying today is that PrEP will help many people of color and all people in this country because my former roommate, our neighbor used to be TB, Tim Brown. To get into zero, I have my bracelet that he gave me, get into zero. This is a point where we are getting to zero and no one has to have stigma and fear. And I know Michael Jackson went to the hospital with Ryan White. That got us housing. Elizabeth Taylor went to Rock Hudson, and that got us medicine. This is to continue the cure of this three decades later that we are a place, a country that found a great cure for this. So it's no reason why this is the greatest investment, and it can get us to a better world. As we are getting ready to fight Ebola with the President Obama, we can do this, and we can go on. H Prep is hip. Let's hip hop it out. Thank you. Next speaker. Good morning. Thank you, supervisors, for holding this hearing. Uh, my name is Eric Norman, and I want to share a quick story with you. 
Um, I was dating someone who was HIV positive, and we had a scare. And luckily, uh, I, I had access to PEP. I was able to go to the city clinic and then eventually SF General, um, where I was put on, on PEP, which is the post-exposure prophylactic. Um, unfortunately, I didn't have insurance at the time, and there was no access for me to go on to PrEP. So I went back um, to this relationship that I was very happy in, but I was still uh, living with um, um, the fear um, or the risk that, that um, I was going to uh, become HIV positive. So I would encourage you to support the, the supplemental. You know, PEP was something I was very grateful for, but knowing that if I had, had access to, to PrEP, that um, that would have been a, a much better thing for you, for me. So I encourage you to support the supplemental. Thank you, sir. Is there any other member of the public who would like to speak who has not spoken? Seeing none, public comment is closed. But I actually do want to add one more uh, piece of public comment. Uh, uh, very uh, moving email that I received, uh, and the uh, individual asked me to uh, to read uh, portions of it. Uh, and we want to protect the individual's privacy. But this is what it says. I am an HIV negative woman who has been married to an HIV positive man for 12 years. 48% of current Truvada users are female, and yet they are often overlooked in discussions or decisions around PrEP. I asked my primary care doctor for a prescription for Truvada in 2010 because my husband and I decided we were going to have condomless sex in hopes of conceiving a child, and we wanted to reduce my risk. My doctor refused to prescribe me Truvada and told me that if I went ahead and engaged in such risky behavior, she would not see me as a patient anymore. Needless to say, I found another doctor who prescribed Truvada, and I gave birth to a healthy baby girl in April 2013. This child is a miracle. Her life today is possible because I had access to PrEP and a doctor who was willing to support my decision on what I wanted to do for my own body. She's attaching photos of, of the baby. I hope that during the hearing we discuss not only gay men's access to Truvada, but also females' access, many of whom cannot afford the fertility treatments necessary for safe conception with an HIV-positive partner. So I want to thank this individual for sharing that story, and I want to thank I want to thank uh, all the people who have come out and who have uh, shared their own personal stories. Uh, and uh, on a personal note, I just want to thank my staff. Uh, Laura Lane has been working very hard to put this together, uh, and the rest of my staff who have supported her. Uh, but I also want to thank uh, Nathan Alvey, who has been working on this for, you know, about a year. And uh, I think it's important that we understand that all of us really uh, can benefit from education on, on this very important subject. Uh, with that, colleagues, uh, if you have any thoughts, uh, any thoughts or comments, uh, I would ask uh, if we could continue this hearing to the call of the chair. And as I indicated, we will be uh, introducing a budget supplemental on Tuesday. And again, thank you to everyone who came out and spoke. Uh, we do have the opportunity to make history, as San Francisco has consistently done. Uh, and uh, I just want to uh, end this meeting in the memory of so many people who died because of this uh, epidemic. And I especially want to acknowledge uh, my friend uh, Michael Goldstein, who is no longer with us. 
uh, but all of them are here in spirit. So if we can have a motion. So moved. Motion to continue without objection. Mr. Clerk, do we have any other items before the committee? There are no more items, Mr. Chair. Thank you. Meeting adjourned.